0: Tonight to Mark chapter 9. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So just keep on keeping on. And payday is here. It's not, you know, payday's not just coming, it's here. We're in the year of overflow, and May is our significant month, and we're pressing on that. Amen. We're pressing it. I was pressing it today and saying, Lord, we didn't say this about we didn't just come up with this the man of God came to our church and said this and he the Bible says believe his prophets and ye shall prosper and so we chose to believe when he said that amen and so we're saying Lord you know hanging on to that significant month and then uh, uh, Ross Roberts expounded on it and he said pivotal month didn't he Uh, Mark chapter 9 verse 2 and after six days Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John and leadeth them up into an high mountain apart by themselves and he was transfigured before them. And his raiment became shining exceeding white as snow as no fuller on earth can white them. And there appeared unto them Elias with Moses and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias for he wist not what to say for they were sore afraid you know he didn't know what to say so he said something he shouldn't have said when you don't know what to say the lesson from this is don't say nothing hallelujah just stand there hallelujah and there was a cloud that oh but you know sometimes we get nervous don't we you know, get nervous. Do you ever? You know, uh, tonight the Lord just wanted us to stand in His presence, and He wanted to to move upon us. And, you know, use Jonathan on the guitar. Thank you for being bold, and I want you to get bolder with that because God wants to do some unusual things in our service. But I appreciate Him because He, ne- I don't. As far as I know, He'd never done that before in our services. And so, uh, and and He didn't. Know, we didn't know it was going to happen. It just uh, like go. <laughs> it's like, woo. you know, kind of like somebody handing you the microphone and say, prophesy, and you go, Hallelujah which that's happened before. Hallelujah. But anyway, um, what was I going to say? Huh? He wanted us to be in His presence. Hallelujah. But sometimes we tend to get nervous, don't we, when things get quiet. But sometimes it's good to just sit in the presence of God and let Him work a work. We don't always have to have words going forth. And, you know, so they needed to say, they just needed to get here in the presence and not have words going forth and let God do the telling. You know? How many times have we told God, uh, I, I'm going to build a church when he wasn't saying build a church. Yeah. Or I'm going to, you know, a lot of people do that. A lot of people begin to see God moving in their lives. Like Pastor always says, in America, if you get fired up, everybody thinks you're a pastor because nobody's fired up but preachers hardly, except this church, we'll say that. But, you know, in a, in a, uh, Korea, and I, I, I'm sorry, that's how I say it. Anyway... <laughs> Hallelujah! my kids laugh but it's that's how i say it and anyway and i say massachusetts too i don't know hallelujah i can't remember what's right or wrong because they've made some fun of me so much for what i say hallelujah (laughs) don't y'all feel sorry for me that my kids treat me so bad hallelujah no hallelujah (laughs) don't you feel bad eric (laughs) oh no he said no Uh uh-huh Anyway, but in the, in Korea and other nations like that they're I'm telling you what just average ordinary people are are fired up praying four hours a day and and uh you know glory to God and hallelujah how about let's have revival in America yeah. Hallelujah. So it's not just preachers and not all of them. But it's not just... But hallelujah. In this church, we've got some fired up people. But I want you to be more fired up, and I want to be more fired up. I'm praying myself to be more hungry. Hallelujah. For he wist not what to say, for they were sore afraid. Verse 7. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them. And a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. In other words, shut up and listen. And suddenly, when they had looked around about, they saw no man anymore, save Jesus only, with themselves. And as they came down from the mountain, he charged them that they should... T- Tell no man what things they had seen till the son of man was risen from the dead. Now one of the what Jesus showed them here, in case you kind of wonder, well, what's he showing them here? What he showed them is the glory that comes into man at the new birth. This glory that Jesus was transfigured by, he showed them a picture of the new birth. Not that he was being born again. He didn't need to be born again. But he showed them a picture of what it was going to be like. He showed them the glory that comes into man at the new birth. And we are full of light. We are full of light. And we don't know it because we don't see ourselves. We're not trained. We have not trained ourselves to see into the spirit realm very good. But I know in uh, in other countries where there are witch doctors uh, who have trained themselves for the spirit realm. And when you train yourself for the spirit realm even if it's the negative spirit realm, then you still you see the spirit realm's the spirit realm. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so they've trained themselves to see things in the uh, in the negative sense Demonic sense of the spirit realm Which we don't want to do that But they see also things into the, That they see things And I know the witch doctors In some of those countries say about Christians They will warn their people, their followers They will say Don't go near the children of light Because they see They see us glowing Because we got light inside of us We've got the glory of God Inside of us and if we'd ever get a revelation of the glory of God that's inside of us, as we're learning about the new birth, get a revelation that we have, we have light inside of us that when we lay hands on people, there, it's not just a, what do you call it? A, a, a like a faith. Um, help me here. Oh, what do they call that? A faith. Uh-huh, hallelujah. Huh. Point of contact, thank you. It's not just a point of contact or something, okay, you know, just a symbolism type thing. It's not. When we lay hands on people, hallelujah, divine, think divine, zoe, life is transmitted out of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, in Malachi, it says, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his beams. One version says, in his beams, Hallelujah, and we got healing. We got beams. Hallelujah. So otherwise, why do we say, "Stretch out your hands to this person"? Why? Because we got things. We got healing in our beams. We don't see in the spirit realm very well. Hallelujah. Because we one thing is we haven't trained ourselves to to be sensitive to the spirit realm. If we ever trained... See, we, sometimes we don't want to be sensitive to the spirit realm. Now, when I first got baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1980, I wanted to be sensitive to the spirit realm. But it can be very uncomfortable to be sensitive to the spirit realm. And, you know, you might not get to go to some of the movies that you go to if you were sensitive to the spirit realm. The reason you don't see what's wrong with them is because you don't want to see it because then you'd have to say, No, I can't go to that because... I'm telling you, and some of you don't believe what I say. I don't care when Jesus, you're one day she's going to stand before you and say, Miss Debbie was right. <laughs> I tell my kids this all the time, so if you don't like that, we'll just say, well, she treats her kids that way. Because I'll tell them that, I'll tell about things. Well, one day Jesus is going to tell you, Mama was right. Hallelujah. Jesus is going to have to spend an hour or two with my kids and just say, Mama was right. Your mama was right. And about that, yeah, she was right about that too. And she was right. Hallelujah. Because my kids, when they were little, would, you know, I'd say, well, you know, about different things. Oh, mama. Oh, oh, mama. You know, oh, that's just, you know, I was just being too, too. But I prayed to be sensitive to the spirit realm. And so I, it didn't take me, you know, it didn't take me long. to I didn't have to look at E.T. but one time to say, eh, 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 that ain't right. I don't care if he don't do, I, he may do good things. I don't care. He wasn't birthed out of the heart of God. It's coming from a different realm than we're supposed to be. Living in and trained to be in. Hallelujah. Now, so we are full. I want us to talk about prayer tonight. I got off on that a little bit. Hallelujah. But I want us to talk about prayer because, mmm, hallelujah. We need to pray from the standpoint of we're powerful. You know, so many times we pray from the standpoint of, oh, God. Oh, no, we're powerful. We, glory was put in us. Like Pastor said this morning, we're a little lower than Elohim. A little, he, God created us in His image, and we are a little lower than God. Not a little lower than the angels, as Psalm 8 says, which is a mistranslation. The King James translators just could not stand to say it. They just couldn't stand to say what it really said. So they said, well, you're a little lower than the angels. But the truth is we're so much higher than angels. That angels don't even compare to us. You know, there's a song Terry McAllman sings. I like the song. I think we have sang it here some too. It says, uh, the elders and angels sing. God's so much more impressed when you sing. Let's see. How does it say? Worship you now, God's so much more impressed with the the angels worshiping him. That's great, but He's so much more impressed when the redeemed worship Him. Hallelujah! First of all, we have free choice. We choose. Hallelujah! That makes us higher beings right there because we choose. And uh, uh, praise God. And then, then that new birth was so that new birth. The angels say, I, I want to be like them. Because they can't even operate. They don't, they don't have free reign in the earth. They can only operate uh, as uh, someone speaks and gives them opportunity. Amen? And so, uh, turn to James chapter 5, verse 13. So praying from the standpoint of that glory and from being righteous and from being uh, powerful. You know, we're not... Uh, uh, we're not having to, uh, can y'all hand me a Kleenex? My nose wants to drip because I got something in contact. So we'll put that on the tape. That'll be good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And James 5, verse 13. So, many, so much of the church is praying all wrong because they're begging God to do something he's already done. Like Watchman Nee said, most Christians are trying, spend all their life trying to get in a a room that we're already in. You don't go to, you you don't, to ask God to heal you is really to show you don't have any understanding. Help me, Jesus. Because you're already healed. Hallelujah. But, you know, God's merciful. And he will work with us when we're babies and when especially when we have not ever had an opportunity to learn because we've been in a church maybe that didn't teach but now you've had opportunity to learn we need to learn i'm I'm not trying to get into the room of healing i'm in it I'm already healed. First Peter 2.24, by his stripes ye were healed. I'm already healed. So, like Brother Copeland taught us, I'm not the sick trying to get well. I'm the healed and the devil's trying to steal my healing. In other words, you're already in the room of healing. You're already in the room of health. The devil's just trying to get into your room with you. Hallelujah. And what he does, he was real simple. What he does, he comes by and he puts a lying symptom on you. It's a lie against First Peter 2.24. He puts a lying symptom or he gives you a lying diagnosis. And he says he, he just to look, he just sees will she take this or will he take this? And no, so then when we st- when we don't say no, when we don't use our authority and just say no, I don't receive it. And you don't don't it's not the doctor you need to tell no. Don't whoop the doctor. Because first of all, you're just going to look like a fool. Though don't cast, I don't mean that all doctors are swine, I'm not trying to say that, but don't cast your pearls out there before the world, before people who don't understand. Because your faith between, can be between you and God. You can wait till you walk out the door and say, no, no, I don't take that. No, I don't receive that report. That's not mine. Devil, you got the wrong house. You knocked on the wrong door, devil. I don't take it. Because we don't, we don't have to take what the devil tries to give us. So we're coming from that standpoint of power. We're coming from that standpoint of who we already are. And not coming begging God to do something he's already done. Because, now that's unbelief. It's unbelief to go beg God to heal you. And now you know why most people don't get healed. It's because they're begging God to heal them when they're already healed. Because they're Christians. They're saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, James five thirteen. Now we're going to look at this from several different directions. But in five thirteen, is any among you afflicted? And that just means going through a trial. It's not necessarily sickness. But how many of you know all sickness is a trial? But this could be other things besides sickness. Because is any of you going through a trial? And so is, is is any among you afflicted or going through a trial? Let him pray. Say that with me. Let him pray. That's important. When you're going through a trial, you need to pray. Now, that doesn't mean you don't get people to pray with you. But first, before you do that, you should pray. How many times could we just stop things if we would pray? I mean, the body of Christ is full of weak Christians that want somebody else to do their praying for them. You know, and they want to come up and say, Pastor, pray for me and they and, and, and uh, they put me on the prayer chain and put me on the prayer list and then they go to the mall. That's true. That's right. Or they turn on days of our lives and they watch TV while they let somebody else do their praying for them. The Bible says, let him pray. Look at this, you say. It says, is any merry, let him sing psalms. That'd be... Let, you know, it, he gave this, and I think this is interesting. It'd be like me getting up in the morning and feeling so happy and calling Rachel and saying, Rachel, sing a song because I'm happy. Now, that'd be ignorant, wouldn't it? No, if I'm happy, I sing a song. Is any of you merry? Let him sing a song. Let him, hallelujah, I'm merry, so, so I don't, no more than I call you up and say, sing the song for me because I'm happy today. Do I call you up because I'm afflicted? No, first thing I do is I go to the Lord. To, I go to the Lord myself. We get results if we'd go to the Lord ourselves and we'd spend time praying ourselves, you know. And then, hallelujah. So I, my question is to you, on your, concerning your trial, your tribulation, whether it be financial, whether it be sickness, whether it be uh, children out of whack or whatever, how long you spent praying for about it? How long, if we got honest, how long are you, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Hallelujah. We got to do our own singing, folks, and you got to do your own praying. Now, hallelujah, when we pray, when we're faithful to pray, thank God God's faithful to send help. Because we sometimes need somebody to come up along beside us. And the Bible says he lays help on those that are mighty. I'm telling you, when you're doing your part, God will lay help on you to help you. You know, if you need a little boost, He'll give it to you. If you need a little prayer help, He'll give it to you. If you need a little word of encouragement, He'll give it to you. I mean, I've turned on the TV and got a word of encouragement before. Off of TBN, actually. You know? And I've... Hallelujah. Of course, I've gotten several words of discouragement off of there, too. You know? Had to turn it off. But anyway... (laughs) you got to watch what you get. But, you know, you, I know when I've been encouraged. Hallelujah. Like, I, what, like one man says, with faith, when faith comes, you know it. When faith comes, you know it. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so sometimes I've been listening to it and faith came. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. i got a little strength. Or, you know, I've had my little kids when they were little uh, say something that, praise God. You know, and I'm like, I've had my little kids, God used my little kids to correct me. When I was having a pity party one time. One time I was having a pity party because the prophet never gave me a word. And Colin was little, like four or something. And I said, well, I just never get a word. And he said, well, Mama, one thing you got, you got love. And I'm like, well, I do, don't I? Hallelujah. I mean, the little child through the mouths of babes and sucklings. Hallelujah. So God's got a word of encouragement from you. And it might come through the pastor on Sunday morning. It might come, you know, God could even use... God used one time a radio station in Amarillo, Texas to give me a word of encouragement just to stay in faith that I was coming to Alabama, and it played some song. I wish somebody would tell me what the name of that song is. It was like way down in Alabama, somewhere down by in Birmingham. Does anybody know that song? Tell me, because I want to know the name of that song. How Somebody nearly raised their hand there. <laughs> She's stretching her... Don't, don't think too long now. Don't get caught up in... But anyway, if it just pops in your head, you can tell me. But anyway... You know, God can use, God can use uh, awesome things. One time, just sitting in a hotel and looked over, believing God, whether, what, what are we supposed to do, what are we supposed to do, and needing strength to make that step of faith to move a thousand miles, you know, and looked over in the, in the flower bed in a hotel, and there's a big old iron uh, cover, whatever those things are. I don't know what they're covering up, hydrants or something. And it said Birmingham Iron Works on the net. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because see, I was needing, I was needing supernatural confirmation. God going to give you help when you need help. But first you've got to do your own praying. Hallelujah. And so a lot of us are wanting to depend on other people to do our praying. And then it says, verse 14, Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. For confess your faults one to another, pray for one another, pray one for another, that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three months, of three years, and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do not do err from the truth, and one convert him. Let him know that he which converts the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sin. So let's go back to is any sick among you. Actually, if you look in the Greek there, and you look it up, it's talking about is any of you beyond helping themselves. It's not, boy, the moment you get a cold, run down and get the elders of the church to pray. No, Father, we're supposed to grow up. We're supposed to be able to get our own healing. Now that, now, hey, I, you, don't, don't suffer. I've seen people go three weeks with some, something because they really weren't developed enough in their faith, but they, but you know, after a teaching like this, they just don't want to admit, I need, you know, that I'm just, I'm not going to get this on my own. You bet we ought to learn to get, get the simple things on our own. This is somebody that can't help themselves. You know, you can get so sick you can't help yourself. You can get so sick you can't think. You, you really can. You need somebody to help you. And at that point, you're supposed to call for the elders of the church. And you know, sometimes you can be so overwhelmed in your mind that you, it's not even maybe such a big sickness, but you can get so overwhelmed in your mind. You know, a lot of times when the devil brings sickness, he'll bring confusion and everything else with it. And you know you'll just be like Man I, I don't even know where to turn Well look, call for the elders of the church And let them pray over him anointing him with oil In the name of the Lord Well we anoint with oil sometimes But the reason we don't anoint with oil every time Is because you anoint with oil Or this is how we see it You anoint with oil when, the, when, when you don't have The tangible presence of God In other words when the anointing is not Tangibly present Like if you were to go to a hospital room sometimes There's not I mean you know it's not real anointed in there you know what I'm saying? In fact, it's pretty carnal. Let me tell you something. When the pastor comes, if you, if you have one ounce of faith, I can always tell when people have no faith. Don't believe for one moment God's going to do anything. This is a sure sign. When you go to the hospital room, they don't even turn TV off. Or if they do turn it off, they just lower the volume. Because, you know, they might miss something in it. You know, that there is so much good stuff on TV. You know, it is life-changing. Hallelujah. Happens, you say, that doesn't happen all the time. It is so rare for us to go to a room where somebody actually says, you know, the pastor's here, it'll change. My condition will change. It just don't happen. Hallelujah. See, we're wondering why God's not doing very much in America. He's not doing very much because nobody's believing very much. Hallelujah. You know, we've got through the TBN and uh, not TBN, the C, the help me, PTL, through the PTL scandals and other scandals, we've uh, now we don't have any respect for, for pastors and ministers much. We don't trust them. We don't believe God uses them. We don't believe God speaks. I'm talking about the whole body of Christ. We don't believe God speaks through them. We certainly don't believe that anything's transmitted through their hands or anything like that. And so, therefore, that's why people aren't getting anything. And they're dying and they're going home early. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's the truth. And so we go to the hospital. So we put all our confidence in doctors. And, not, and we've got very little confidence in in God, and if we have any confidence in God, we certainly don't have any confidence in the man of God. We only have confidence that that uh, that maybe God might work through the doctor to help me kind of get over this. Hallelujah! No, we. I tell you what, we need to get back to what the Word says, and we need to get back to believing. And we need to get back, and when it's more, not only we need to believe it, we need to act like it. And first of all, if we would do what it says, is any among you afflicted, and we would start praying, when we, when we have a problem, we'd pray. Well, uh, praise God, most of it would be worked out before we could get the doctor. I know Brother Hagen used to say that in his churches, of course, that, back in the, and he was in Pentecostal churches back in the, I guess, 40s and 50s. I'm not sure exactly when. He started traveling full-time. But uh, anyway, they went most ever service after the service, especially on the night services. After the service, everybody went to the altar and prayed. And he said so many times. He said more times than he could count. People before the service would say, Pastor, you know I need to talk to you. I need counsel with you. I I just need some wisdom. I need some counsel about something. And... Then after the service, after they went to the altar and everybody gathered around the altar and they prayed, afterwards they say, oh, I forget that, I don't need, I got my answer. Folks, God doesn't want you to have to depend on your pastor to get your answer. Although, praise God, we have pastors to teach us and lead us and to help us. But praise God, if we would just pray. If we would just turn off the TV, turn off the kids. You know, you need to turn off your kids sometimes. Did you know that it is not bad parenting? I mean, most people think this would be abusive to say, go to your room and read a book for an hour and it not be punishment. But I used to make my kids, when my kids, oh, I would love nap time. And they took a nap till they the summer before they were going to kindergarten because they didn't have naps in our kindergarten. And uh, so uh, so uh, I'd let them quit taking that nap the summer before kindergarten. But, but, but after we quit that, I'd go to the library every summer, and we'd load up on books about every two weeks. And every afternoon, it's go to your room for an hour and read a book. Not only, hey, guess what? Reading is good. Knowing how to read when you graduate and knowing how to even enjoy a book is a good thing. Hallelujah. And you don't have to let them run like wild Indians all the time, just one big perpetual motion and one big, and and just pulling on you. And I don't know how some mothers stand it because it's like something, even after they wean them, there's something dragging on them all the time, pulling on their legs, pulling on their arms. Mama, 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 can I do this? Dragging out this, will you play this game? Having to be constantly entertained by yourself, I said, get them little army men and go play. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they didn't turn out too bad. Hallelujah. Because you need to go in your room and you need to pray. And one of the things you need to do is pray for them so they won't turn out to be hoodlums. Amen. I'm telling you, the, the, the reason kids in Christian kids turn out bad, one reason. Well, there might be two. But one main reason, parents don't pray anymore. And it doesn't take... Uh, you know well, I just don't know how to pray it's not an excuse here we've given you i there is a list of scriptures in a book back there there's a list of scriptures that's available free that's what I did with my kids. I prayed those scriptures every day and then prayed in tongues. It is not it doesn't take a genius to pray for your kids and and you know, and then what I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me i I did, and I disciplined them. What I saw them do <laughs> you know. Hallelujah. I disciplined them. And you know another thing is uh <coughs> when parents are inconsistent. You know, the kids kids don't when you are, oh praise God, thank you, Jesus, at church, and you go home and it ain't how it is, then kids understand the discrepancy. They understand you're a fake, you're a fraud. And I'll tell you another thing, I don't know why I'm on this, but if I told them that's gonna get a whipping. Bless God, they got a whipping. Even, you know, there's lots of times I wasn't in the mood by the time I got to the whipping. Because, you know, right then I am fiery and I'm in the mood. And bless God, when we get home, you're getting a whipping. And, you know, by the time we got home three hours later, there's lots of times I wasn't even mad anymore. Everything had calmed down. I'm not in the mood. Plus, you know, they turn into little angels right after that. And they're just sweet and they're just, I love you, mama. I love you and kissing on you. And, boy, it's hard to take one back to the bedroom and whip them that's just been, oh, I love you, Mama. But they're little cons. I mean, they know. <laughs> they know how, how to, you know, they know how to twist you. They're smarter than parents. Oh, yeah, they are. And, but, you know, we just went back there and said, and I, a lot of times, I, I can remember a lot of times saying, Mama don't want to whip you. But I said I would. So here goes. Now, of course, I'm sure they didn't get the same kind of whipping that they would have got if I'd have been right there where I could. But I tell you, it does a lot of good knowing your parents are going to follow through. I remember one time when I was a little kid, I don't know what I did, but boy, I remember my mom and dad were playing bridge at somebody's house. And I was all, you don't know how many hours I spent sitting on somebody's couch while they played bridge. I was the only child. And I just had to read a book or watch their TV, sit on the couch. Well, they, I said I spent my life at the golf course, I spent my life at watching them play bridge, play games. It wasn't like it is now where parents' lives revolve around the kids and, and all the entertainment is about the kids. That wasn't how it was then. My mama said kids would be seen and not heard. And you and it was all about my mom and dad's entertainment on Saturday night, and they was going to play bridge, I was going to sit on the couch, and I don't know what I did, but my mom took me to the bathroom and said, "When you get home, you're getting a whipping." And it took about about three or four hours later, I sweat bullets for three or four hours <laughs> Hallelujah. But I tell you what, when you know, I, I, there was never a doubt in my mind that my mama wasn't going to follow through. Not one doubt ever. Hallelujah. Glory to God) <coughs> And you know, I'm going to tell you honestly, I never rebelled against my parents. It never crossed my mind, to. When you know that your life will end early. See, kids rebel nowadays because they know there's not going to be any consequences. When you know your life will end early and your dad won't care what the police think. Of course, the police didn't think much back in the 60s. They thought that was what you ought to do, is keep your kids in order. But when you know that's how it's going to be, guess what? You don't rebel. Never cross my mind. If my dad said be in it to him, never crossed my mind not to do it. Hallelujah. And my husband was as scared of him as I was. Took, yes, he still <laughs> cared. And took great faith for him to just go say, Kenneth, can, I, can Debbie and I get married? I remember that was just, you know, it was just, whoo, It was nerve-wracking. And, you know, we were old enough we were he was 20 and I was nearly 20 hallelujah no yeah kids know we're not going to do anything kids know there's not going to be any consequences hallelujah now and I know that we have to you know be different now because of laws and stuff but I can tell you we can be consistent with what we do do hallelujah and we can remove privileges I like what one man says, one counselor, he's just worldly, but he says, when you got one that will not obey, strip the room bare. They got a mattress and that's all, and they earn a blanket. Amen. I'm telling you what, you, if you act right today, you get a blanket tonight. When you got one that's way out there far, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's good. It is good. And you, you don't get to play a the, uh, play the TV unless you earned. Hallelujah, Hallelujah! Believe it or not, I really love you, teens. I really do. I want you to grow up to be worth something. I want you to grow up. And, so, if there's any teens in here, it's not. Don't say Miss Debbie hates us. No, I, you know, I love you, and I want you to. I don't want you to go the way of the world. Hallelujah, because they're going down a path. Of destruction and I don't want you to be one of those youth that at 18 leaves the church and never comes back hallelujah what are we? What am I talking about? I don't, mean, I don't even know where I'm at. I'm, I'm not in my notes. Let's put it that way. So is any sick among you, let him, if he's any, is anybody beyond helping yourself, let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. It's always the prayer of faith that does anything. Every, we sing a song. Every prayer I pray is a prayer of faith. Every pr- you know, it doesn't matter if you're praying in tongues. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're going to pray, pray in faith. You have to pray in faith. Hallelujah. I was telling the prayer group this, so I'll just go there. Um, I've been meditating this week on the rope that Ross Roberts brought in. You know, he had a rope. And he talked about uh, with the rope. And I think I still got my little rope in my Bible somewhere. I got a little rope. Little rope, little rope. Anyway, he said, and of course he had a big long one, but he's talked about that whatever you see on the end of your rope, whatever you truly believe, whatever you believe in your heart of hearts, whatever you know that you know is another way to say it. That's what's on the end of your rope, and that's what you're pulling towards you, and that's exactly what you're going to have. So many times we'd be so much better off we'd be honest with God. I know this week, I meditated on some things, like, okay, Lord, what do I know is on the end of my rope? And, you know, I came up with, I, I tell you one thing that's on the end of my rope. And you could put a gun to my head, and I know that I know that I know. I can see it. It's just done. It's mine. It's, I, I got a paid-for house on the end of my rope. Now, I didn't get there overnight. I didn't just decide one day I wanted a paid-for house. I didn't get to the point where I knew that I knew overnight. You know, there was a time, because you know my, mo- my mom and dad didn't have pay for it. they do now, but when I was growing up, house payments was a way of life. You know what? I was raised, you know, I was raised broke. My mom, they was always broke. My mom was always raking and scraping, her very own words too, raking and scraping to make ends meet. That's how I was raised. Now, I wasn't raised, I mean, we had stuff and I had a lot of clothes and stuff because I was an only child, but still, you know what I'm saying, paycheck to paycheck and all that. So it's not like, it doesn't, you you know, you don't get there overnight where you know that you know. And like Pastor Ross said, keep confessing it even if you're not completely there and believing it. I know, uh, kind of tell three or four stories at once here, but Keith Moore talked about when he first, God was talking to him about an airplane and he was, uh, he said, to tell you the truth, I'd meditate on that airplane and I couldn't get that airplane in my heart. And he said, like, at first I could just like, both wings was hanging out. I didn't have it all the way in. You know, I was like wanting to believe it and I was kind of believing it. But he said, when I'd visualize my heart, the wings was hanging out here, not in my heart. And he said, I just kept on meditating it and and, and thinking about it and and." Meditating on the prosperity scriptures and meditating on those things. And he even went and looked at airplanes, sat in airplanes and did those things. And he said, then first thing he knew, it just one wing was hanging out. Now, you know, you say, well, how did he know? You can see these things. in this. If you'll take time to sit down and meditate, pray in tongues, some of you are not taking enough time to ever see anything. And, you know, I sit out in my backyard and I meditate on these things. And I just meditate. I didn't even have a rope there. But I could just see the end of my rope and I could see what was on the end of it. I could see what I was seeing and what I was really, really, truly believing in my heart of hearts. Well, there was one situation in my life um, concerning taking a certain pill every day. Uh... That To be honest with you, I've believed for healing and believed I received. But when I got honest with my heart of hearts, I couldn't see myself not taking that pill every day. I really couldn't see it. It wasn't on the end of my rope, so guess what? Even though I'm saying I'm believing it, even though I'm confessing it, it's not coming toward me because I really can't see it yet. Now, I'm going to get where I can see it. But one of the best ways to get where you can see something is quit trying to pretend you're in faith and start telling God, God, you're the author and the developer of my faith. The Bible says Jesus is author and developer of my faith. Lord, you're going to have to help me see this because I'm not seeing it. So, so many times we're pretending we're in faith. We're acting like to everybody else we're in faith. Hallelujah. Because I don't want anybody to think I'm not a faith person. But the truth of the matter is, everybody in this room is in faith about some things, but there's some things in your life you're just not in faith about yet. And you're, you, Now, you want them to go away. I want it to go away. I want it to be different than that. But the truth is, I, I see myself taking that pill better than I see myself not taking it. I'm being honest, but I like to be honest about my life. And if it helps anybody, it, I, it's worth being honest about. Hallelujah. But there were, success, there were two or three things. I'm telling you, they're on the end of that rope. And I know that I know. It's done. Like when we built onto this building. Um, before we ever, before they ever put the little stakes out and whatever they do to, to, to put the foundation, I could have I opened that door and walked the halls. I saw it so clearly. I could see it. It was so done. It was so in the spirit realm. It was so finished. It was so... It's like, it didn't matter that when you opened that door... We saw some pictures the other night about what was back there. You forget what it looked. But it was just dirt. And it wasn't even pretty dirt. It It was just dirt. But I tell you, I could see it. I could sit in that prayer room and we'd pray... And I tell you, I, it was just as real to me. I could see every room. I knew exactly where every room was supposed to be. I, you know, and, and as we kept praying, I just saw the colors, you know. And we prayed, you know, Rita and I prayed about that. We prayed doorknobs. We we didn't just pray about the whole, I mean, we prayed the doorknobs and the doors and the, you know, just each part. Hallelujah. Cause it was why? Because we could see it. We could just see it. And so whatever you can see is on the end of your rope. I like that. I don't know what, where I was connecting that to, but sure was good. Hallelujah. Anyway, <clears throat> hallelujah. <sighs> so, um, glory to God. The prayer of faith, that's where I was. The prayer of faith. We, every prayer has got to be a prayer of faith. See, hallelujah. Glory to God. And that's why God said we could call the elders of the church. Because He so wants us well. But you know, folks, you can call the elders from now till Jesus comes back. And you, you either got to believe you can get it on your own, or you got to believe the elders can get it for you, or you're not going to get it. If you don't believe you're going to get it on your own, but you don't believe the elders can get it for you either, you're not going to have it. So, you know... Believe something. God will work with you at whatever level you're face at. But you've got to believe something. Do you know? You've got to get something on the, somewhere where you can get an agreement with, with God. And he'll meet you where you're at. He'll meet you with the elders of the church. Thank God for this provision in here. And you know, as 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 people in the church, as because he goes on down there and talks about the righteous man, and he and uh, and he's talking about mankind, man or woman, the righteous man or woman, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know, when we're called to pray for people. We have to believe that, that, that we are that righteous person, and we have to believe that that we have that glory that we read in, in Mark nine, that we've got that glory inside of us, and that and if we're, if we're gonna pray the prayer of faith, we gotta know who we are, and you know, and because I've heard about you know some Baptists before, or some other little denominational person, you know, we're real sick. And their church doesn't practice healing. But they read in here about, is there any sick among you? They read that scripture. So they said, well, that's what it says. So they called their elders. But if your elders aren't believing anything, if they don't really believe it, see, some people just don't want to be inconvenienced enough to get healed. Because you might even have changed churches to get healed. But most people wouldn't do that. My Lord, I couldn't do that. Why, Grandma's buried out back. Or all my family goes to this church. Well, that was us. Our whole family was going to First Baptist Church, Seagraves. That's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the elders have to be believing something. So when we, if you know what, we gotta find. You know, we gotta either believe it ourselves or find somebody that does. We ought to be able to believe it ourselves or find somebody that does, and then we have to have faith that God will even honor their prayer. So many people have just trained themselves to believe that yeah, nothing really is going to happen. I mean, they're hoping. And here, most, most Christians have trained themselves to be like this. It's like, if they don't get an instant, yes. if they don't get an instant, complete restoration, I mean, absolute, complete turnaround, then they didn't really get it. But so many times, uh, it even says there... Uh, uh, in Mark 16, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Well, recovers not always instant. I know Brother Hagen tells a story about a woman that was uh, dying. She was near death's door. And uh, the, he was having special meeting there at the church. This is when he was traveling. They, so he was in a church having some special meetings. And so the, this little old lady you know, stood up and said, I think we ought to pray tonight for sister so-and-so. She's at the very door of death and everything. And so they prayed. And uh, so they said, okay, praise God, it's done. Hallelujah, they prayed and it's done. So, uh, uh, boy, she started, she started coming out of it. And uh, all of a sudden, she's been, uh, uh, can't even get out of the bed. Now they've got her sitting up. On the, beside the bed, she started to eat something. Hallelujah! Things are things are looking good. But the meeting continued on several days because you know they used to have meetings last six weeks and stuff back in those days. And this little same lady stood up one night and said, "Well, I know that we prayed for, and I know uh, 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 that I know that God's doing something." But let's just pray that God will finish the healing. Well, she's dead two days later. Why? Because that's unbelief. You already prayed. You already prayed. You already believed. She's already showing signs. We don't need to pray that God will finish anything because he don't, he don't do a halfway healing. That's just flat-o'-unbelief. He don't heal you halfway. You don't have to have an instant manifestation, folks, to, for God to have touched you. We need to train ourselves that. Bless God, when I come up to the front and hands are laid on me, the word says, the word says it's over. Bless God, it's over. Amen. Amen. Now I thank you, Lord. I'm healed. Hallelujah. We need to train ourselves that way. Hallelujah. Well, it's not, you don't get there overnight. You get there by renewing your mind. Meditating. Taking time to pray yourself. Taking time to pray yourself. Taking time to pray yourself. If you don't take time to pray yourself, it's going to show up in your life. Because I'll tell you, nobody. for one thing, going back to kids, we've been talking about kids. There ain't nobody going to pray your kids through except you. Now, Grandma might, if you've got a good grandma that's a prayer, you might get, Grandma might can do it. But, you know, Brooke Copeland's not going to pray your kids through. And Pastor and Miss Debbie, we pray for the church, and if God quickens us to individual children, we, of course, pray for them. But, uh, you know, we don't know the ins and outs of their everyday behavior, and, and uh, we don't know the, the problems that you're encountering. Let you pray. Is anybody got a trial? Let you pray. Hallelujah, and after you've prayed, it's a good thing sometimes to have somebody to agree with you. Hallelujah. Now this is what I'm standing on. Will you agree with me, and that'll strengthen your faith? It'll strengthen your faith. <laughs> Praise God, hallelujah. That's a good thing. so uh, uh is any is any among you afflicted or going through a trial going through a trial? Let him pray. We need a prayer life. We need a prayer life. You know, uh, wives, if your husband don't pray, go do it yourself. Husbands, if your wife's not doesn't pray, you know, most wives, if they just pray instead of nagging their husband to pray. I don't know, men pray different than women. But women want, you know, women want to see you. Down on your knees. I, it, husbands, if you, know, if you really want your wife to be happy, she needs to know you're praying. You know why wives get happy when they know their husbands are praying? Because it makes them feel secure. And I, I like to feel secure. And sometimes I even now I'll say, "Now, are you praying about that for me? Are you? Are you? You know, I'm just adding. Adche- you know, I want to remind him. Now, I want him to pray for me, and I want him to pray about situations. And your your wife is never going to be secure. She's never going to be happy. She's never going to be free of fear if you don't pray with her. I mean, pray if you, if she don't know you're praying. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And that can e- either be, you know. I don't know how you're going to let her know you're praying. One good thing, men, that would really help is if you ever come in the house and said, God showed me something. Well, that'd be... Some, some women be like, what? Because a lot of times men have left it all up to the women to do the hearing. Well, you ought to hear from God. And it'd make her have confidence. Hallelujah. And I know, there, you know, I my husband's good. There's many times if something's financially... You know, he'll just tell me the right thing. He'll say the right thing. You know, sometimes my husband just say it'll be fine, and you know, I tell you what, that just I don't know. It just I'm just fine because he said it'll be fine, or he'll say, all as well. I'm telling you, if you just want, if you want your if you want your wife to be a happy, if she's happy, it'll be a lot nicer at your house. If she feels secure, because you know, when a woman gets stressed, she gets. Uh, uh, cranky, crabby. You know she's yelling at the kids, huh? Yeah, it's true. I when I get stressed, I get crabby. I do. I'll just admit it. If I don't, if I don't back up and getting, if I don't do something to arrest it, if I don't back up, say wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's no sense getting stressed out of and do something to get back in faith. I'll just get, I'll get crabby. Hallelujah. I got crabby uh, Friday night over it raining. Because I was having a party and it was raining. And, it, and I'd done prayed and I knew it, was go- I knew it wasn't going to be raining at 7 o'clock because I'd prayed that it wouldn't be raining at 7 o'clock. But I didn't think to pray that it wouldn't be raining at 6.30 and everything wouldn't be wet. And so I got crabby over it. My husband stayed in faith. Hallelujah. And it helped me a bunch. But then I found out later, you know, I was telling him this morning, Carter he had prayed that it wouldn't rain during the school day so he could have a swim party at his school. And, you know, there's somebody that was praying, I think Wanda was one of them, that it would rain because her plants needed watering. And so I said, you know, God was just in heaven juggling balls to, to try to make everybody happy. Because, man, when you pray in faith, you know he's having to move clouds to this part of the county and it's raining in this yard. He's having to do all sorts of things. But he's a big God. He can do it, can't he? Hallelujah. And Friday, he was just, oh, I know he was like, boy, I'm glad this day's over. I was like, whew, you know. And here's Debbie. She's been out of shape down there because it didn't quit soon enough. But, it, but I knew it wouldn't be raining right at time. I knew, I, I knew that was at the end of my rope. But next time, I don't care about your yard. I'm saying, <laughs> you can just get the hose out. Hallelujah. Let's stand up together.